Uh, well, it is uh, great uh, to be here. Thank you very much uh, for having me. Uh, this morning we're going to be in Psalm uh, number one. So if you'd like uh, to open up your Bibles again, I think it was on page 254. Uh, that will be a great help to yourself and certainly to me uh, as we go through it uh, this morning. Well, if we've opened that up, uh, just uh, last week, uh, I decided that I would borrow a film off my brother's uh, shelf. Uh, now, uh, uh, my brother and I have very different uh, taste in films, uh, sadly, uh, but this one uh, stood out, so I thought, well, I might as well uh, try it. And it was a film called Hector uh, and the Search for Happiness. I don't know if you've uh, seen it, perhaps uh, not, but the blurb on the back uh, says... Uh, Hector, uh, played by Simon Pegg, is an eccentric yet irresistible London psychiatrist in a crisis. His patients are just not getting any happier. So Hector decides to break away from his sheltered London life and goes on a global quest to find out whether happiness truly exists. And along the way he meets uh, friends old and new and learns valuable lessons on his journey of self-discovery. Now, I don't feel uh, like I'll be spoiling too much if I give you just just a quick flavour of a few of these lessons that he learns. Uh, Along the way, he learns uh, that making comparisons can spoil your happiness. Happiness often comes when least expected. Many people think that happiness comes from having more money. Sometimes... Happiness is not knowing the whole story. And the the list goes on. uh, But the simple uh, strap line for the film uh, is happiness. Everyone wants to find it. Everyone wants to find happiness. It is a search, isn't it, that we are all on. Uh, Perhaps uh, you've found some measure of happiness uh, already. I hope you have. Uh, Perhaps you're still out there Uh, looking. But that brings Psalm 1 home to us today, doesn't it? It is of no small consequence that the book of Psalms opens with verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. See, that word blessed uh, is a particular word uh, in Hebrew. It just means happy. Happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of wicked. What follows then is going to be our key to happiness. And so we need to listen. It has uh, much better advice to us uh, than a film with Simon Pegg in it. It doesn't even do that well in the box office. Uh, We really need uh, these valuable lessons in our search for happiness. And the first point is, happiness is who we listen to. Happiness is who we listen to. Uh, See, I'm not advocating a particular band or brand of uh, music, but see, it says in verse 1, doesn't it, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. At the heart of happiness, then, is who we listen to, or rather, who we don't listen to. It depends upon us sticking two fingers in our ears when the wicked come whispering. In the story of Ulysses, uh, the sirens were dangerous creatures that lived on cliff tops and used to lure sailors in uh, by their hauntingly beautiful music. They lured them into shipwreck on their rocky island 
And so when his ship, Ulysses' ship, sailed past, they filled their ears up with wax so that no one could be taken in by it. And uh, perhaps we need to bear that in mind, uh, don't we? Because we can track the descent of those who listen to some of these lies. Follow with me in verse 1. Firstly, they turn to the wicked for advice. They turn and walk in the counsel of the wicked. It begins with an innocent suggestion, doesn't it? A friendly nudge in one direction, a directing hand on the shoulder. And that leads to, secondly, they stand in the way of sinners. See how that word in the ear has suddenly become their behaviour. Suddenly they're standing alongside the sinners. And then thirdly, well, they sit in the seat of scoffers. It descends further into association with the scoffers, doesn't it? To sit in the same seat is to sit at the same table. It is to be associated with the wicked, the sinners, and the scoffers. There is a deadly descent that begins by giving an ear to the wrong voice, by listening to the wicked. They listen to the wicked, then they copy the wicked, and then they become one of the wicked. So who are these wicked uh, that we need to watch out for? Well, much could be said of them uh, from Psalms, if you track uh, that through, but it's important to remember, isn't it, uh, that they don't have horns and carry a pitchfork. (laughs) They won't come up to us and say, Hi, I'm a wicked person, listen to me. Often they are very hard to spot. But Psalm 2 gives us a bit of a heads up uh, as to what they are like. They are those that conspire against God. They're those who say uh, that we want nothing to do with this God of yours, uh, which is very much the song that our culture plays, isn't it? We want nothing to do with this God of yours. Your God is so exclusive, and we believe in inclusivity. Your God is so old-fashioned, and surely we know better now. Your God's so judgmental, and we just believe in love. We want nothing to do with this God of yours. It will come, won't it, on the news report at breakfast. It will come uh, as your mates uh, chat to you at lunchtime. The TV series that we watch in the evening, uh, suggesting that if you don't think our way, then you won't be thought of as sharp. If you don't act this way, You won't be thought of as one of us. If you don't laugh with us, then you won't be welcome to sit with us. And so we're lured into danger, not by the pressure to be wicked, but by the pressure just to conform. But, happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. We often associate becoming a Christian, don't we, uh, with a decision. Uh, Maybe a decision made on a camp, maybe a decision made at a service like this one, maybe uh, it was at a crusade like the one that Billy Graham uh, used to do, or perhaps it was made uh, in the quiet uh, one night uh, as we prayed to God for the first time. Uh, But the decision to follow Christ uh, really comes after that, doesn't it? When we go to our friends and they say, I can't believe you think that. Is there something wrong with you? I can't believe you don't do that. See, that's really when we make the decision to follow Christ, isn't it? The Christian life is marked by what he doesn't listen to as much as it's marked by what he does 
listened to. See, the Christian turns from wicked instruction and turns to God's instruction. See, another well-known antidote to the siren's song was in Jason and the Argonauts, a great story, uh, which was uh, getting your mate Orpheus to play a better song, to play better music than they did, that would drown out the music that these sirens were singing. And that is the advice in verse 2, isn't it? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. The one who would be happy needs to listen not to the world, but to the word, to the word of the Lord. Now, there's some debate uh, here over exactly what is meant uh, by law, uh, meditating on the law. Uh, Is it on the Ten Commandments? Is it on uh, the law, as in Deuteronomy? Is it uh, the first five books of the Bible, perhaps the Pentateuch? But the word for law here, Torah, uh, it just means instruction or teaching. The one who meditates on the instruction, the teaching of the law. And without limit, uh, it, it probably just means the entirety of God's instruction. Everything that had been written up until that point, and everything that's going to be written afterwards, the Psalms that would follow. And for us today, well, the instruction of the Lord includes the rest of the New Testament, doesn't it? The rest of the Bible. So happy is the man who listens to the instruction of the Lord. Notice, uh, this isn't just reading, uh, is it? This is full immersion, meditating on it, day and night. The idea is of him walking along a street, muttering to himself, turning it over in his head, uh, as we do. Uh, I don't know about you, but I think best uh, when I'm on a nice long walk uh, through the countryside. You can really turn something over in your head, can't you, and chew uh, something uh, about Uh, without being distracted. Um, Very often, I'll be walking through and I'll completely walk past people without uh, even noticing that they're there. I'll be that deep in thought. And that is the idea here, isn't it? Of churning the Bible over in our head as we go about our daily business. Really chewing on it to get the most out of what we read uh, in the morning. On his law, he meditates day and night. But maybe we're sat here thinking, well, of course. Uh, There's something a bit ho-hum about this psalm so far, isn't there? Uh, Of course, uh, the Bible is going to tell us to read the Bible. Of course it's going to do that. And like a child who maybe knows what's coming, we maybe hold out our wrist for the token slap for not reading our Bible every day. Uh, But do you see, there is a lot more going on here. Psalm 1 searches me. Painfully at times. Do you or I really avoid the company of the wicked? See, I wonder why we really prefer to turn for happiness. Where do I take my cues from? Who tells the best jokes? Who has the best advice? Whose advice do I build my life on? Where do I look for happiness? It's brought into sharp clarity, isn't it, when we put it into a situation. Uh, See, you're chatting to your friends uh, over lunch and you remember that juicy bit of gossip which will bring the house down. Which will bring happiness? Sitting with the scoffers or listening to the counsel of the Lord? 
Or another situation, you're sat at home uh, and on comes that romantic comedy that you absolutely love. And in it, uh, man overcomes obstacle to find woman and they fall in love and they spend the night together. And we applaud, they found love at last. But oh no, wait, they're not married, are they? Or maybe it's bending that little rule at work that everyone does so it doesn't really matter. Just what do we think will bring happiness? Is it listening to the wisdom of the world? Or is it delighting in the wisdom and the instruction of the Lord? Second point. Happiness is what we drink from. Happiness is what we drink from. See, we'd be right, wouldn't we, to ask exactly, well, how does listening to God uh, bring such happiness, such uh, blessing when it brings us into such conflicts with the world. And for that we're given uh, a picture, aren't we, which might be lost on us uh, as we live in such a well-watered country and well-watered uh, county. But imagine, if you can, uh, an arid and sandy environment, uh, watered infrequently by very little water, uh, barren, <coughs> devoid of life. Uh, but in the middle of that desert, there is a stream. And the tree... Uh, that finds its home next to that source of water, grows, it flourishes, it withstands the harsh conditions. Verse 3, he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. See, we've got some apple trees uh, growing down in London, uh, where I live, and uh, it's coming up the time uh, for them to be ripe and ready to fall. And when they do, there's just so many of them that the entire college community has apple pie and apple crumble and apple sauce and apple everything for the next few months. It's brilliant. And that is the picture that we're to sink our teeth into here. A tree planted by a stream, amply supplied with water. That tree has stability. It is planted. It has vitality. It has life. It has productivity. It is fruitful. It yields its fruit uh, in season, which implies time, doesn't it? And that's an encouragement to you if you're uh, a younger Christian, if we're younger Christians. See, uh, look forward to growing older as a Christian. Uh, There might be battles and struggles with sins that we face, but godliness takes time to cultivate. Patience takes time to cultivate. Love for others takes time to cultivate. Uh, My dad uh, has some apple trees at home in his uh, garden and they take uh, a couple of years before they're ready uh, to eat. But we look forward to that day, don't we, when they are ready to eat. That's not an excuse to sit back and be unfruitful, is it? Uh, It should encourage us to grow in our fruitfulness. We should look forward to growing as Christians. And we should look forward to seeing that fruit in our life, the Christian walk in godliness and Christian service. Sins put to death, struggles that we succeed in and grow. New areas where we can serve in the church. That, of course, is an encouragement if we're a younger Christian, but it's a challenge uh, if we've been a Christian for a number of years. This tree is fruitful. It has durability. It does not wither. It has prosperity. It has happiness. Such is the man who drinks, who is nourished by the stream that is 
the instruction of the Lord. Now perhaps we're rightly just a little bit cautious over that, that last clause, aren't we? In all that he does, he prospers. Because we know, don't we, that many who listen to God's word are often uh, faced with setbacks. And very often they don't face prosperity in material terms. And the book of Psalms will come on to that a little bit later. But the psalmist doesn't want to clutter this brilliant metaphor with lots of caveats and things that he's going to deal with later on. Uh, But the one who heeds the instruction of the Lord will prosper. Of course he does, because he's listening to his creator. Uh, See, I had to build uh, some flat-packed furniture uh, not too long ago. And let me tell you, the way to prosper was not to ignore the instructions, to not to ignore the maker's instructions. And so it is here. To prosper, we need to listen to our maker's instructions. Now, you might have seen that played out uh, in a real-life example. Uh, I've got a friend uh, at the moment down at college uh, who's having an absolutely dreadful year. He's lost a very close colleague, massive stress at work, responsibilities which would crush any man, a situation around him which would cause others to wither, which would cause others to topple. But he still stands firm, resolute and fruitful, because he is a mighty oak tree, having been nourished over time, over years of God's instruction, drinking deeply on God's word daily. And that's brought into a sharp counterpoint, isn't it, by verse 4. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind drives away. The strength of the first tree serves to highlight the weakness of the second tree. They're like straw, chaff blown away in the wind. See, we're taken to the winnowing floor where they would get a big pile of corn and they would gather it together into a big pile and with forks they'd throw it up uh, into the air and they'd allow a stiff breeze to come in and blow away all the chaff, all the husks, uh, all, the, all the useless bits. And the corn, the useful bit, would just fall uh, to the floor. That's the way of separating uh, it out. And that is the picture here. The wicked are like chaff blown away in a stiff breeze, just as the wicked will be. Why? Well, because they have no roots. It's no longer nourished. So a stiff breeze comes along and there is nothing to hold it in place. Israel knew that, didn't they? Of course Israel knew that. That was the reasons why they'd gone into exile. The consequences of their actions of ignoring God. Jeremiah 19.15 had said, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Listen. I'm going to bring on this city and all the villages around it every disaster I pronounced against them because they were stiff-necked and would not listen to my words. It ought not to surprise us then that, that Psalms begins with a very serious warning for God's people to listen to God's word. Happiness then is what we drink from. See, when I'm at home, uh, we pretty much have a a tea on the hour, every hour, throughout the day. Tea is one of the great delights uh, in my life. And it's not long before I'm heading back 
uh, to the kettle for another brew. Uh, without a drink, uh, I get thirsty, I get grumpy, I get dehydrated. And see, we can spot that in ourselves, can't we, when we're thirsty? But we're less quick to spot that spiritually. We don't go that long without a drink, but how long do we go without reviving ourselves, without refreshing ourselves in the stream of God's word? My advice would be to keep a Bible by your kettle, and as you wait for it to boil, just read through a bit of read through a chapter. It's no wonder we struggle to grow as Christians, is it, if we're not drinking properly from God's instruction? Happiness then involves what we drink from. But thirdly, and more briefly, happiness involves what we avoid. Because this really is the punch of the passage, isn't it? In verse 5. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the ways of the wicked will perish. This really is a two ways to live passage, isn't it? Two voices. Which are you going to listen to? Two plants, trees and chaff. Which are you going to be like? Two destinies, two destinations. Where are you heading? See, isn't it interesting that the future brings happiness in this life into real perspective? Because it can look, can't it, as if the wicked are the substantial ones. That sinners have all the fun in this life. But the day of judgment brings that into sharp perspective. Happiness is based on where we're going. The wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The sinners are left without a leg to stand on. He will not stand in the way of judgment. Of course, in this life, he had great standing amongst the world around him, respected and liked by all, but no standing with God. They completely dismissed God in this life, so will be dismissed by God in the next. Because to ignore God's instruction is to bring upon ourselves his wrath, his anger, to put ourselves under his judgment. And on the last day to have no place amongst God's people. Verse 5. Therefore the sinners will not stand in the congregation of the righteous. Of course they were surrounded by friends in this life, weren't they? But they will be shut out from the only community that matters on that last day. They will be outside of God's kingdom. Verse 6, their ways will perish. Of course, their ways look so substantial, don't they, in this life? So weighty, so significant, so important to those around us. But their works will be revealed as a house of straw, blown away, amounting to nothing, on the last day. See, sometimes uh, people have the wisdom to spot this, don't they? Now, I don't mention these people because they're any uh, especially more wicked uh, than others. Uh, Certainly they're not. Uh, But Jim Carrey said, I hope that everyone uh, could get rich and famous and uh, will have everything that they've ever dreamed of so that they'll know that that is not the answer. Madonna says, I've been popular and unpopular, successful and unsuccessful, loved and loathed. 
and I know how meaningless it all is. Therefore, I feel free to take whatever risks I want. Adele says, performing to so many people for so long, I find uh, there's something very lonely about it. Which sounds weird, because you're performing to like 20,000 people every night. But you still leave on your own. See, there's something very chaff-like about those quotes, aren't there? Fame and fortune, popularity and success, riches by the world's standards. Seeking happiness here is to build a castle in the sky, which will be blown away. It is utterly transient, almost weightless. A puff of wind just gets rid of it. And so the point is clear, isn't it? There is no refuge in our standing. There is no refuge in our connections. There is no refuge in our works. All are brought to nothing. But there is an out. Someone leaves us with one final question, doesn't it? And that question isn't, do you know the Lord? We can make uh, too much of that sometimes, can't we? As if God is a casual acquaintance that we might uh, want to keep in our contacts on our phone. Uh, do you know, know the Lord? Oh yes, of course I do. I've got his phone number in my phone. and yeah, yeah, we talk occasionally. But no, the question we're confronted is, isn't, do you know the Lord? The question is, does the Lord know you? Verse 6. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. I guess he knows, doesn't he, Uh, both the ways of the righteous and the ways of the wicked, but the ways of the wicked he brings to nothing. But to be known by God is much more than him keeping a casual eye on us. He doesn't just know the road that the righteous takes with every twist and turn along the way, uh, though that's true. It means that he's intimately and personally concerned by every step that the righteous takes. It means that God cares about every step that we take. It means that God will guide every step that we take safely homeward. As Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed, happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, not of their own, but a righteousness given them by Christ, by Jesus, the blessed man who never took counsel with the wicked, nor stood in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, the man who delights as always in the law of the Lord, the blessed man who makes us known to God, who makes us righteous in him. And so let's end Uh, where we began uh, with Hector and his search for happiness. Happiness. Everyone wants to find it. But there is no middle ground, is there? One way promises so much, yet provides so little. Uh, There are two voices, aren't there? Which will you listen to? True trees. Which will you be? Two destinations. Which will you avoid? Let's pray. (coughs) 
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Father God, we are sorry for the times when we have stood in the way of sinners, when we have sat in the seat of scoffers, when we have taken counsel with the wicked. Uh, Father, we ask that you would help us to shove our fingers in our ears. Please help us not to listen to these things, but to delight in the law of your word. Please help us to meditate on it day and night. Please, as we sang earlier, sink it down deep into us. Help us to meditate. Please grow us into these fruitful trees that you would have us be. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.